You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I'm joined by myself. I have not been on for a long time. I can't even remember the last time I did a podcast. I've taken a big step back from social media from posting anything, you know, for any of you who have listened to my podcast for a while, you know that I'm in school and when school comes, it's kind of all systems go. I don't have a lot of bandwidth to give to other areas of my life when I'm in school, regrettably. Um, I'm not necessarily one of those students where things You know, I read something once and I can remember it forever. I actually have to work at it. And I actually think most people need to work at it, but that's just where I'm at. And we know from research that when people spend a large portion of time on social media, they actually aren't able to focus properly. So that is one thing that I've definitely noticed within myself when I'm spending a lot of time on social media I can't focus. Like I got 20 minutes max of focus time. And then I'm like, I'm distracted. Um, I can't like stay on task. I'm constantly wanting to check my phone. And so I really just had to take a step back. This semester has been so heavy for me uh, in, in really wonderful ways. I'm a part of research. I'm going to be in, uh, I'm working on publishing a journal article. So I'm on a team doing that. And you know, like there's been so many doors that have opened for me. And I don't think I would have been able to appreciate or even recognize when those doors were opening had my mind been constantly distracted And I don't know if you're like this, but I can be, you know, really transparent and say that social media does not bring out the best in me. It makes me very critical of myself, of others. And, you know, I just, I'm not the best version of myself when I'm on social media. I'm not saying that, you know, social media is the worst thing in the world and we should all stay off of it. However, I, I do think it probably doesn't serve most of us like we think it is. And what I really realized is that I already knew it, but it just confirmed how false of a reality social media is and how unsocial it really is. It's so self-indulgent. Most people are only thinking of themselves. And I know that sounds really mean, but it's true, right? Like out of all of the followers I have, I took two months off of social media. Like I didn't post, I didn't go on. And only one person 
messaged me to say, hey, haven't heard from you in a while. How are you? Are you okay? One person. And that's not to like make anyone feel bad who's a follower, who's listening. And they're like, oh, well, I I didn't know. Of course you didn't know because you're thinking about yourself. Just like we all are. We're all thinking about ourselves. So, you know, that that's totally fine. But we have this idea that we need social media to be connected. And yet, who are we really connecting with? Or are we just on there to get some sort of validation from other people because we're not secure in and of ourselves? I know there's lots of people that have businesses and they post on social media for their businesses and blah, 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 blah. I know. But a lot of people don't use social media for that. A lot of people use social media to as a way to validate themselves, as a way to distract themselves because they're bored, because they don't have anything else to do, as a way of feeling like they're a part of something. But I just wonder and I ask and, and I think that you should genuinely ask, are you really a part of something on social media or is it an illusion? And I have a feeling that it's more of an illusion than you actually think it is. So that's what I've done. I've taken two months off of social media and probably going to take another two because I went back on and I realized I don't like it. I don't like how I feel. I don't like that it's like this immediate comparison and I can't help it. Like that's just my go-to. I just, I compare myself and you know, the online world and social media is always trying to sell you something. It's always trying to tell you how you're not good enough, how you don't measure up, but look, I have this thing that's going to make it better. I have this procedure or this course or this supplement or, you know, whatever it is, I have this thing that's going to make you more content. And if you look at all the things that people try and sell you on social media, even if it's just to consume their content, to follow their page, I have this thing that's going to make your life better. And it's my page. And we all do it. That's why we created these pages. And genuinely, some of them do make lives better. But a lot of them are just noise. There's just a lot of noise. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me, why I had to take a step back. You know, even with the climate, what's going on right now, politically, there's so much noise on both sides. And it's hard to even know what you think and what are your thoughts and what are someone else's thoughts and what's dictating what you think and how you feel minute by minute. And you really do, you kind of just need to take a step back and reassess what's important to me, what is stressing me out, even if I agree with something. Is it causing me stress and do I need to continue to consume it or am I going to be better without it? Even if I agree, can I take a step back? Should I take a step back in order 
to be better for me and the people around me, the actual people around me, not the people that you're trying to receive accolades from or validation. Because at the end of the day, when you take two months off social media, they ain't coming to you. It's the people who are actually around you that you need to be your best for. And what we end up doing is we work at jobs that we don't like. We do things that we don't like. We wear things that we don't really like. All to impress people that we don't know. So we're working so hard to buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't like. And I'm just sick of it. I'm just done. So I took a step back and I realized how small my circle was. And I'm okay with that. And I love this podcast. And I love the people that I meet on this podcast. And I feel like that's different. Because I actually get to meet people face to face on this. And here's, here's the flip side of social media. If I didn't have social media, I wouldn't have the platform to do that. And I wouldn't meet those wonderful people. But I feel that the boundaries are, are very thin and you need to know where those boundaries are. And for me, I'm not good with those boundaries with social media and I can feel myself going down into that dark place when I'm on it for too long. And here's one of the biggest things that I've noticed Two things. One, staying off social media has allowed me to be more present. And I've spent a large portion of my life running away, running away from feelings, from situations. But what we really need to be is present. And when we're constantly distracted, we don't have to be present. And so social media can serve as a very rational function to help you to stay distracted if being present is painful or uncomfortable, which it can be for a lot of people, including myself. And so that presence and just like sitting with yourself is so necessary for what we go through. And it's been a hard two years and it's been a hard two years for most people. And what we don't need is to be distracted. Sometimes the distraction is okay, but most of the time it's not. And what we really need to just be is still. The other thing that it's allowed on top of, you know, that presence and being able to focus, which I'm like super focused with school. I'm like on it, but I have peace. Like I have this peace that I didn't have before. And I think it's because I'm present. Like, I think it's just because I can just be and I'm not constantly thinking about like, what should I post next? Did this person, you know, view my video? Did this person like my video? How many views did this get? Am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? How do I look? Do you know, like it's exhausting. And when you take that away, When you take those self-imposed stressors away, which are really the stressors that drag us down, it's not like these big kind of acute stressors that we face, deadlines and whatever. It's all these little self-imposed stressors that take us down, that hit our nervous system over and over 
and over again that lead us to have a life of pain. And this is kind of my next segue. It's a perfect segue into talking about chronic pain. And if you've also been listening to me for, oh, a year, then you know that I've gone through my own journey with chronic pain. And if you haven't, I'll give you a little recap. I started to have this like mystery facial pressure and like head pain. And what I was told was a sinus infection turned into something much bigger. And it led me down thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars, and scans and treatments and injections, you name it, all trying to figure out this pain. And and the pain would move like it, it was in my face. And so I got CT scans and there's nothing there. And it's in my neck. And so I'm getting facet injections, cortisone injections, and they didn't help. And then it's in my head, right? It's just like fire in the back of my head. It's occipital neuralgia. So I'm getting nerve blocks. I'm seeing physios and chiros and massage therapists, acupuncture, like thousands of dollars. Getting my teeth adjusted. I have TMJ. And this pain is moving. And this pain continues to move and you like treat one symptom. And it doesn't mean like some of those things didn't need to be looked at, but most of them didn't. And most of the treatments didn't make a difference. And, you know, I've had all of these signs pointing to tell me it's not your body. It's your mind and something else is going on in your body, psychologically, it's in your mind, but your body is expressing it as pain. And that took a long time to actually really believe it. And you know me, I'm studying psychology. I'm totally about all about mind-body stuff, but not about me, right? Like that's for someone else. That's not me, <laughs> I just need this treatment and it will go away. But it's not going away. And it didn't go away until I started addressing this. So there are some other little tidbits. I have a chiropractor who's amazing. Shout out to Dr. Dave Roberts. Who said, you know, our bodies store these emotions and they can come out as pain. And there can be all of these different inputs So whether it's stress or posture or exercise or whatever, there's multiple inputs, but there's one output and your output happens to be facial pain, head pain, multiple inputs, one output. So it's finding your triggers. But he also said, you spent a lot of money and time and energy on the physical, but we also have to view pain through a biopsychosocial model, which means we have to look at all aspects of what causes pain and what could be causing pain. And the biology is just one part of that. At this point, 
I'd exhausted the bio, the biological side because I didn't want to go into the psychological side or the social side of pain. That's not me. That's someone else. I just need this treatment. I just need this. I just need this supplement. Maybe I can change this in my diet. Maybe I just don't need to sit as much and then I won't have pain. However, that's generally not going to help. You know, the thing with chronic pain, when it becomes chronic, this is different from, you know, an acute injury. What happens is, say we do have an injury and you have tissue damage, there's pain. That tissue damage heals over time. I think it takes like anywhere from 6 to 12 weeks, but I think after 12 weeks, I think 12 weeks is the number. That tissue damage is is basically healed. However, we have these circuits in our brain that can keep pain on. And when we experience pain, we can then start to expect that pain and we build these neural circuits in our mind in our brain that says I'm going to be in pain I have this like twinge in the corner of my eye oh no it's gonna trigger a migraine or I have this twinge in my back or if I move a certain way I know I'm going to have back pain or if I stand for too long I know I'm going to have hip pain and yet bending over and standing and sitting like These are normal postures and they're postures that people should be able to do without any pain. But what happens is we get into this state where we think that these postures or movements are going to cause pain and so we stay away from them. However, they're not causing pain. And it's very interesting because we can visualize doing a movement that we're afraid of. And if you sit there and you visualize it, your body can actually start to create the sensation of pain. But you're just thinking about it. You're not actually doing it. And so you have to ask yourself, your brain... Is thinking about anatomy or doing a movement going to cause tissue damage? The answer is no. However, your brain makes you think that you're going to be in danger, so it creates pain. And our brain is creating pain all of the time. But when people experience chronic pain, the brain is doing it as a way to protect you. Pain doesn't happen in our body. It doesn't happen in the place where we think we feel pain. Pain happens in our brain. And so we can train our brain to not feel pain. And here's an example. Say you stub your toe. And in that moment, you can just feel that like raging pain. But if the doorbell rang or someone scared you or, you know, you say you had a child and they fell down the stairs, 
you would not notice that stubbed toe in that instant because something else takes over. So it distracts us from that current pain. That tells you that pain is experienced in our brain, not in our body. The other thing that science is revealing to us, which is extremely important to understand if you go through chronic pain and you've gone through treatments like yours truly and had imaging, what science is showing us is that imaging is just one part of the story and that we should not be putting all of our eggs into the imaging basket. Just because something shows up on a scan doesn't mean it's causing pain. That's a very different message from what we're getting. So you could have a bulge disc or a torn rotator cuff or degeneration. None of these things necessarily cause pain. In fact, most of the time they don't. However, when we see that scan, we immediately associate that with pain. And there are so many people that have quote unquote abnormal imaging that don't experience any pain at all. Let that sink in for a second, especially if you've had all of this imaging and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in so much pain. My back is always in pain because this x-ray or this MRI showed this. That's not necessarily true. In fact, it's probably not true. And there's been studies that have been done with people that experience back pain that say they experience back pain and people that don't. And they've all had MRIs done. And there's been people that have all this pain that have nothing wrong with them structurally. And then there's people that don't experience pain and they have all sorts of things, degeneration and herniated discs and whatnot. However, after those people see those images, they start to experience pain. You know, our minds are so powerful and we wrinkle on the outside as a normal part of aging, but we also wrinkle on the inside too. But those wrinkles are given, you know, labels such as degeneration or ruptures or, you know, something that's, you know, threatening and scary, right? but it doesn't mean they're causing pain. And there's been scans of all sorts of people and they have all sorts of abnormalities that show up and they don't have pain. And so you have to ask yourself if you're the type of person who is going through something chronic or you just have chronic pain, where is the pain coming from? If it's not structural, and this takes, you know, you have to really believe it 
because if your mind is like, no, I know it's coming from this. I just need this treatment. I just need this injection. I just need this medication. I won't get better without it. Then you're not going to get better without it. And you're probably not going to get better with it either because that's not the real source of pain. Remember, pain is a way of your body, of your mind, protecting you. So when it senses that you're in danger or something's threatening, it can create sensations. If you have a heightened kind of stress response, probably because of things that you've been through, then your body is more sensitive to different sensations. And that's definitely the spot where I'm at. You know, I have a whole history of unfortunate events in childhood and upbringing, and I have this sensitized nervous system. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that I've been through all of that and have this chronic pain. And for those of you that struggle with chronic pain, you also have to ask yourself, could there be something from my past that I haven't dealt with that triggers me or triggers symptoms? Can I connect my symptoms with what I've just been thinking about or what I'm feeling or this stressful event. And a lot of the time, you know, with migraines, you know, migraines are, are really big. There's such a huge stress component. You know, what is causing, what triggered this physical sensation in my body? There's no tissue damage. Even like if you have all of this pain, you know, in your back, your neck, your shoulder, Pain doesn't mean there's tissue damage. It just means that there's a sensation that your brain is feeling and it's putting it in that spot. The muscles could legitimately be tensing up. In fact, they probably are. That's not in your mind. And I'm not necessarily saying the pain, oh, it's all in your head and it's not really there. No, it's there. But it really isn't in the place where you think it is. Our minds are very, very clever. And pain is a reasonable distraction. It's a rational distraction that our minds put in place as a way to protect us. So when there's a tough emotion or situation, a stressor that we don't know how to deal with or we think our minds tell us we don't know how to deal with it. It's threatening. It's bringing something up. I'm going to create pain as a way to distract you. And once you recognize that your body, that your mind is doing that, then you can start to talk to your pain and those sensations and to say, I understand what you're doing. We don't need to do this. I can handle it. I'm good. I'm safe. I understand that this is a way to shield me from whatever emotion is triggering, but I can handle it. 
And I know that sounds kind of like, might sound or feel weird to talk to pain or to your body, but that's what we have to do in order to get over these triggers. And that's easier said than done when we're having a huge flare up of pain, but it's what we need to do. And if we keep focusing on the physical aspect of pain, instead of tying it back to our emotions, to our psychology, then we stay in that pain state. We stay in that fight or flight response. So if you can train yourself to connect your pain sensation to something psychological, you stand a better chance of overcoming and not feeling that pain sensation anymore. You can talk to your body and you can train your mind out of experiencing that pain. It just takes a lot of work. And that's a daily thing for me. Um, I got this information of, of from all different sources, but one of the main places that I've been hearing this information is through this app called Curable. And it has been life-changing for me. And it helps you. So it gives you like these little brain training um, activities. It gives you the science behind pain, some of which I've shared today. And it really helps you to just get out of just focusing on your body and connecting your body to your mind. So I would strongly suggest it's an expensive app. It's like $75 a year. But I think about how much money I've spent on practitioners and treatments and whatnot. And that pales in comparison to what I've spent on all of that. Um, It's also got guided meditations, which have been extremely helpful. And I feel really hopeful about finally overcoming this. You know, like, I think we really just need to tell ourselves, like, pain is such a good way of our body trying to protect us. It's not our body fighting against us. It's doing everything it can to protect us from these really tough situations and stressors and emotions and triggers. But we don't, we don't need that anymore. And you can tell your brain that. You can say, I know what you're doing and you don't need to do this anymore. I can handle it. It's also worth noting that you need to continue to tell yourself that it's temporary, that you'll get through it and that it won't last forever because when you're going through pain, it can feel like it's insurmountable and that it's going to last forever and there's no end, but there is an end. And so you need to also tell yourself that there is an end, that it is temporary, that you're strong, that you're resilient and that you will get over it. And all of this just comes back to training your brain and training your mind. And if we can do it for that, we can do it for other emotions too. We can do it for anger. We can do it for guilt. We can do it for shame. We can do it for all of these different things that we experience. But it just takes a lot of inner work. And this is where I find being on social media is 
such a hindrance because this kind of work takes time, like it, like actual time throughout your day, you know, to meditate, to journal, to be reflective. Like if you're actually going to do it, like you're going to need to spend like an hour a day. And a lot of people are like, well, an hour, like I don't have an hour, but if you really think about your day, like I think you actually do have an hour. We spend a lot of our day doing some like really useless shit that we don't need to do. That really does not serve us at all. I feel like you could find an hour, even if that hour is split up. And so take an inventory of your day. Like how much time are you distracted through television or surfing on the web or going on YouTube or going on Instagram or, you know, whatever, like that stuff choose up time and how much time can you devote to yourself to actually being better especially if you're struggling with a pain condition or anxiety or depression and that's not to say that you know medications and treatments aren't aren't something that you could need and this is not replace you know medical advice from your doctor or, you know, stop taking this. That is not what I'm saying. But we spend a lot of time on a lot of things that don't serve us. And in order to be better, we need to put that time back into ourselves, into making sure that we're healthy and whole and functioning so we can go out into the world, so we can be who we need to be for our families and to be productive and content and just alive. I feel like we just need to be alive. And a lot of us are just sleeping and we're just kind of coasting through life and hoping that it works out instead of creating a reality in which it will work out. And I know each and every one of us has the capacity to do that but we need to believe that we can. And then we need to give ourselves the space and the time and the environment in which we can do that. So that's all for this podcast, a nice little update. Um, What else do I have to share? I don't think that's, I think there's some other exciting things that have been happening, but I'm not quite ready to share them yet. And that will be a, stay tuned kind of message. Da, da, da. Stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you got a little tidbit of wisdom out of what we talked about and that you will start taking the time to tend to your own garden and to take care of yourself. Until next time, bye-bye for now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Always remember, you are powerful over your health.